0: we're all synced up denny you ready to go
1: i'm ready to go man let's rock this let's rock this podcast
0: all right oh shoot hold on oh man i can't all right we gotta pause the recording because i just realized i don't have any pants
1: i don't have any pants we're supposed to pause the recording if we're pantsless
0: oh buddy oh what's the implication for every episode we've done
1: (laughs) I have been committing some faux pas, Gregory. (laughs) Some social blunders, apparently.
0: Well, unfortunately, my pants have been scared off. Thanks to A24. Woo-woo! That's spooky! Spooky and scary. Welcome back to Movies for Win, everybody. This was obviously a joke. I am wearing pants, and this is Movies for Win. A24 wants to scare your pants off. And I put them back on after I watched Hereditary today, so we're all set to go podcast is fully clothed um that was also a very actually no guarantee i
1: was telling about never wearing pants that was also a good joke on my part we all knew it was just a total joke and that's what was so good about
0: it we're all joking it's fine (laughs) (laughs) well before we get going here we did um watch a lot of other horror movies this week spooky season yeah we did Uh, If you want to hear about the other movies we watched, Denny watched a couple of (laughs) almost full franchises in their entirety. (laughs) We had a good time talking about it. If you want to hear more about it, it is at patreon.com slash movies for win. Get on the Patreon, hear what else we've got to talk about. Denny and Vanessa are going through their movie list as well. It's a good time over there. Three bucks a month. Yeah. Can't beat that. Who doesn't love it? Who doesn't love it? All right. Now, the movies we are going to be covering this week for Movies for Win A twenty to Get your pants off. We're going to be discussing X, and we're going to be discussing Hereditary, and then the audience selected The Lighthouse. Ooh. Ooh, this is a good time. I didn't
1: think it was going to win. I didn't think enough people had seen it.
0: Yeah, I was. I was counting on. Uh, Well, actually, I was kind of counting on The Lighthouse. I was hoping people would vote for (laughs) Under the Skin, but it's okay that you didn't pick it. It's fine. I wanted Um, to see
1: that one, too, but I just wanted to cover The Lighthouse for our show. You know, I was looking forward to that discussion.
0: I think that's where my my mind was, too. Like, ah, shit. Like, I I like covering movies that I haven't seen before, but I really do want to get a discussion going on The Lighthouse. So it all works out, man. Uh, Before we get to those three, though, Denny... I've got a uh, something I want to go through with you. I want to get your reaction to. It is all twenty five of A twenty four's horror movies ranked on IMDb. Oh shit! I kind of want to get your thoughts on where things fit bottom to top. See if there's any okay. disagreement there. Um, I probably
1: just... haven't seen a lot of the back half.
0: Yeah, there's some here at the bottom that I haven't even heard of. So, speaking of yeah. the very bottom. There is a movie at number 25 starring Chance the rapper called Slice.
1: Never heard of it.
0: Never heard of it. Looks terrible. If it's anything like his music, I'm not going to have a good time. So, uh at 24, it's something on Hulu that I haven't heard of called False Positive. I don't know what this is. That is that about
1: fucking COVID? Is that a COVID horror?
0: no it is a well, it is a 2020 2021 movie but it is about uh pregnancies so oh, there's an unsettling truth about a fertility doctor but it got 4.7 uh, stars on imdb so i'm probably not gonna tune in anytime uh, soon
1: they, they give anything decent an eight on imdb you know <laughs> like <laughs> you, you gotta be pretty rough before you're getting a four from them
0: uh first movie that i have actually heard of but haven't seen and don't want to see we've got tusk the Kevin Smith movie starring Justin Long Have you seen this one? I think Colby saw it. It and
1: sounds really self-indulgent and no I have not seen it.
0: I think Colby watched it and hated it. Justin Long grows tusks like a walrus um, That
1: sounds kind of cool uh,
0: It's it's at the bottom here with Slice and False Positive so I don't know <laughs> I've I, heard... I'm not a
1: Kevin Smith guy uh, he's, not, he's not my thing
0: Yeah I'm not lining up to see clerks three or whatever Yeah. um next up at 22 is an older one from 2016 the monster it looks like a it looks like a foreign film i'm not really sure what this is um Me drama either. fantasy Never. horror
1: i'm not i'm not much of a podcasting partner right now because i don't know what any of these movies are
0: <laughs> yeah once once we get out of the 20s we'll start getting into stuff we know okay. um this might be the oldest a24 movie 2014, Life After Beth, oh, I'm sorry, I missed one, I skipped one, I skipped one, I'm sorry. My scroll wheel is jumpy. Uh, The Hole in the Ground from 2019, which is another one we haven't seen, it looks also foreign. I don't know (laughs) what any of these movies are. I liked
1: its uh, prequel, The Hole in the Bottom of the Sea.
0: Ah, but now it's a hole.
1: There's a hole. There's a hole in the bottom bottom of the the sea, sea,
0: (laughs) Obviously. Uh Life After Beth is number 20. It stars Aubrey Plaza. I feel sounds like, like a rom-com. I feel like it's a comedy fantasy horror. I f- I thought this was a TV show, but apparently it's a movie. I don't know why like this name sounds familiar, but I don't know anything about it. Um number 19, we've got High Life, which is a the first one that I really know anything about. I haven't watched it, but it's like a space station. It stars Robert Pattinson. I think it's a French movie. And, yeah, people stuck up in a space station for a long time, and they're trying to uh, continue life, and I think someone's pregnant, or, like, they're trying to procreate to survive the species or whatever. It seems interesting, but if it's all the way at 19 on the list, I don't know.
1: Sounds like a shittier version of Interstellar's mission, so...
0: Oh, Maybe. Uh, number 18 is the first movie that was actually on our poll this week, that lost. that I was kind of gunning for, The Black Coat's Daughter, which I have seen and I liked it a lot. I thought it was very scary.
1: I hadn't heard of it until you uh, asked me to put it on the poll, so I'm still totally in the dark on this list.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an Emma Roberts movie. It's a 2015 film. Uh, 93 minutes super cool i yeah i enjoyed it a lot it's a very small i think it's pretty low budget it's very contained movie Mm -hmm. um i i'm reading here that the gross was 0.02 million dollars (laughs) so uh-oh that's uh (laughs) that is about (laughs) it made about two teacher salaries so (laughs) next up it was another movie on our poll i see why it's this low because it's a very polarizing film do you know what it is
1: um men
0: it is men at number 17 i Um, liked men i thought it was okay i liked it i loved how it looked the film every filmmaking aspect i was absolutely in on but there's just i don't know we're we're planning on discussing this i believe with our we're watching sister podcast yeah so
1: because all the women i saw it with had super different reactions to all the men i saw it with so i think there's interesting (laughs) talking points there
0: yeah exactly i want to hear what everyone has to say about it so it didn't win the poll but it also didn't win this list uh number 16 i haven't heard of this one uh in fabric I don't know what this is it's a no ghost idea. it's it's a ghost story it says it's a comedy also um reading the names of the cast members this also sounds french or french canadian uh number 15 also lost on our poll i've watched this one a couple of times it comes at night have Ooh, you i
1: like that one a lot yes
0: you saw this one okay very nice i i really like this movie especially this is 2017 so this is a couple of years after like the zombie fad kind of died out more than a couple yeah. years but like this was like a super refreshing take on like post apocalyptic you know disease or zombie kind of outbreak whatever you want to call it Yeah, kind of movie I thought it was really good really tense I feel
1: like it's uh, pretty low on the list I would say i it I'm is interested to see what finished above it because that's a really strong movie
0: Yeah, I think I. This is IMDb ratings, and the movie had such little cathartic ending that like it didn't really satisfy audiences. Like, I think it's a very well made movie. It's just people were just like, but I wanted to see the zombies get cut apart. Like, well, you're not gonna get that here. I think that's living
1: in a post-Coen Brothers world, people. You don't always get your neat little narratives.
0: There you go. All right, number fourteen, also on the list. I wish it had won. Scarlett Johansson in *Under the Skin*, 2013. Man, I've been hearing about this one for a while. Um, Scottish film. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on HBO Max. It's been on my list, and I, I'll I'll try and watch this one before October's over. So
1: I might have to check that one out this October too.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll let you guys know what I think about it on patreon as well and denny too so yeah maybe we can watch it together we'll see
1: hey that'd be fun
0: uh next up 13 i didn't suggest this one to be on the list because i thought it was more of a thriller i didn't really know much about it i think you've seen it lamb
1: yes yes um lamb is really weird and also really polarizing um I would definitely put It Comes at Night above Lamb. Um Lamb can like barely be considered a horror
0: movie. Yeah, that's um, why that's why I kept it off our list, but I guess it Yeah. It had enough horror elements to qualify for the horror tag on the genre listing.
1: Yeah, it's more of like a surrealist drama that explores like the nature of attachment and what counts as a relationship and there's also some like cryptid shit. Shit <laughs> <Right>? like <laughs>
0: I I do want to see it because I love Nomi Rapace, Rapace. I'm not sure how to say her name. She was in um, the Swedish version of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and she was also in Prometheus as the lead. So I like her. So yeah. I'll, again, I'll I'll see it eventually. It's uh,
1: extremely slow and really weird, and I get why someone wouldn't like it, but I like it. I think it's a good
0: movie. Based on what I knew about it, I'm surprised it ranked this high. Me too. um,
1: I would not rank it this high in A24 Horrors.
0: Well, it did rank just below number 12's very recent movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
1: I fucking loved Bodies, 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 man. I was really into it. Um, It doesn't have, you know, like the gravitas of what I'm going to assume makes the top five on this list, so I'd say it's Mm. probably ranked pretty appropriately. But it is a really good movie in the spirit of a classic slasher. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. Have you seen it yet?
0: I haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to it, though. Um, it, this was a, a movie that was just like, this trailer is absolutely turning me off. But your reassurance made me really want to see it. But
1: Yeah, the trailer makes it look more like a comedy than it is and more like a Gen Z buzzword movie than it is. Um but man, I was kinda hoping this one would win because I'm kinda itching to watch it again. I liked it a lot. Okay. Again, not like uh, not like cinema, you know, but like a really fun, really good slasher style movie.
0: Alright, hell yeah. Uh speaking of slashers at number eleven, another recent movie that's gonna be covered today. X. X. X X hit number eleven, which I'm kinda surprised it was this low.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's low. I don't know what's ranked above it, obviously, but...
0: Ten more I'm crazy
1: about X, as we're going to get into. You know, I'll I'll save my takes on X, but this is... I consider it one of A24's finest achievements.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I think... Ooh, man. Just you wait. All right, there's ten more movies to go, and hold that thought about X. Uh, We'll gush about it later. Uh, Number ten is a movie I think you recently watched... Starring uh the lady that is playing Galadriel in the newest Lord of the Rings show. Saint Maud. Yes. Are you surprised it's number 10?
1: Yes. Um,
0: <laughs> I, ha- I haven't seen this one yet. Uh, another one that's on the list. Uh,
1: I could not rank Saint Maud above It Comes at Night and X, not by a long shot. Um I did like Saint Maud, but it was also like I wouldn't rank it above Bodies, 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 either. I was about to it ask, was one, yeah. I, I, I watched it. It was good. It didn't really leave an impression on me. I, I can't even remember, you know, like that many specific things about the movie. Other than I was like, yeah, it was pretty well done. But it's just, it's one of those movies that I kind of felt like the scope was a little bit too small. Um, They should have made the story seem bigger, I think.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I do. I do want to get into that one pretty soon here. It's uh, the next movie is definitely French uh, from Gaspar No. Uh, it's Climax from 2018.
1: I have been curious about this for a long time because I remember seeing a trailer for it, and then some friends told me it's like the worst thing they've ever seen. But they're <laughs> really horror heads, so I don't know. Uh, but I've I've been curious about Climax, but I've never sat down and watched it.
0: I'm super interested in it. Gasper knows stuff. I feel like I may have seen one of his movies. I couldn't tell you which one. But yeah, it's just... I'm interested, but I'm not expecting something that would be ninth on this list, basically. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not expecting it to be better than X, or It Comes at Night, or maybe even Men, honestly. But Yeah, I'd be really hey, surprised. The people loved it, so whatever. Uh, number eight is a movie <laughs> I've seen that I fairly positive you haven't it is the one of the first big movies from denny villeneuve enemy starring jake gyllenhaal you have not seen enemy with jake gyllenhaal i think it's a very good movie it's i my problem here is i don't think it's a horror movie at all it is a very interesting thriller it's very it's got his touch so you know it's just completely well made well acted well shot it's beautiful it's one of the more um, metaphorical movies of his. It's not as straightforward as like Arrival or Blade Runner or even On um, Sunday or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very conceptual, but I think it's incredibly interesting. And Jake Gyllenhaal is really good in it.
1: Cool. There's
0: a lot to I'm get. Down
1: for, I'm down for Denis Villeneuve and Jake Gyllenhaal, especially Art House Jake Gyllenhaal, you know? <laughs> like, oh, that yeah. That sounds like a good combo.
0: To give you like a little bit of the premise, Jake Gyllenhaal is just a guy, just a random... I think he's a professor at a university and he's watching a movie on a laptop and he sees himself as an extra in a movie mm-hmm. and he learns that it's is it like a twin brother, is it another version of me, did I do oh, this movie? It's super interesting. It's really good.
1: That's kind of cool, yeah.
0: And it's got like his... Subtle tension, slow build, ah, it's good,
1: I can get down with that, yeah,
0: it's I put it on the lower end of his list, like sicario and prisoners like way higher, but I think it's a very good installment in his career. um number seven, I cannot believe it is this low. Can you guess what it is?
1: <sighs> midsummer
0: no, it starts with a v and a v, oh. The witch is at number seven.
1: I'm sorry. If that's not in your top three, I can't take your list seriously. I'm sorry. This
0: is this is cumulative IMDb ratings, like all ratings in order here. So this one Uh, is an average of 6.9. Oh, what? 6.9 average. Same as enemy. Same as climax.
1: What did they give Alvin and the Chipmunks? You know, like, he <laughs> gave this a 6.9. Well,
0: it's like the the average of all of the user IMDb users. So you got to take yeah. into account people that are like, ooh, this is a scary movie. And then it's like, the witch didn't jump scare me enough, so it's a bad movie. Yeah, or like,
1: fuck those people.
0: Those are the people that leave one star reviews on Hereditary and shit. <laughs> it's like, I expected someone to come in with a machete and kill all the bad guys that kind of shit (sighs) Uh, speaking of machetes number six green room I'm happy about this I'm surprised it's this high as much as I love this movie but yeah what say you
1: I feel like I wouldn't put it on a horror list that's
0: yep I was gonna say that
1: (laughs) it's a it's a thriller there's there's aspects of horror but it's much more of a thriller than a horror i would say but it's a very very good movie so we discussed this
0: in our thriller episode of like why i picked this as not a horror movie yeah um but yeah green room at six people seem to like it i think it's fabulous number five i'm not really sure why this one's here i don't know if you've seen this one the killing of a sacred deer
1: no and i don't want to it looks boring
0: have you seen The Lobster?
1: Yes, and that's why it's... I don't want to see this. I okay. hated The Lobster.
0: Yeah, same director. I haven't seen The Lobster, but I have seen this one. My understanding is it's a pretty similar tone, but very different movies. Um, yeah.
1: I'm never going back to that director after what he did to me with The Lobster. Fuck that.
0: I... <laughs> movie sucks. I don't want to see it at all. But Killing yeah. of Sacred Deer, I... I think my main issue here, I thought it was pretty good. I don't think I would call it a horror necessarily. Uh, It's a very good kind of mystery thriller drama. Yeah, yeah. um, If the tone of The Lobster put you off, don't watch this one.
1: (laughs) Cool. I'm out. Don't need to see it ever.
0: All right. We're in the top four. Uh, Another movie we're covering today. Oh, I'm sorry. A movie we're actually not covering today. Very sorry. Uh, but a director we are covering today, it's. Midsummer. You nailed it. Midsummer. Midsummer is number four on IMDb's A24 horror rankings. Pretty cool. I think it's a well well earned spot. Florence I Pugh I think I can... gotta
1: agree with this, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm good with this. Florence Pugh can carry a fucking movie, man.
1: That movie's fantastic to the point that I was like, I know we don't wanna do two Ari Aster movies in one week, but. Mm-hmm. we should just do it anyways you know like it's so good
0: <laughs> I spoke out against it I wanted some more voices in the room and I'm kind of glad because I, it, I think uh, that
1: was the right call I think it was but I also was like but Midsummer."
0: personally I don't think I could handle watching Midsummer in the same week as number three on this list which is being covered Hereditary. later today Hereditary it is Hereditary at number three Um, I don't That's... think I could watch these two too close Ooh. together <laughs> hereditary oh, is my
1: number one uh that's what i'd put at the top so
0: interesting okay yeah well there's only two left uh number two is the the only other movie we're covering today the, the only lighthouse. other voice in the room it's the lighthouse that's number two people loved it
1: it's still one that i'm like it's more art house than horror, you know? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not fair to some of the other movies on the list because The Lighthouse is so much better than them. (laughs) you know. (laughs) But like, if you're gonna include it, it's up at the tippy top, if you ask me, man.
0: All right, and number one is, I'm kind of surprised it's up here, but I think it's just because it's so new that like the common audience hasn't seen it yet with any sort of expectation. And the only people that will watch this movie already loved the first one do you know what it is no it is pearl what pearl is at number one
1: I'm sorry what
0: (laughs) I knew you would say this it is a average score of 7.5 the lighthouse is 7.4 hereditary is 7.3 I think this is the only people that are going to see this movie are people that loved X. And people that loved X are obviously going to love Pearl, based on what you told me about Pearl. People who loved X didn't even get it into the top
1: ten on IMDb, you fucking marks.
0: Yeah, it's like the common audience and horror heads went and saw X. Everyone left their reviews. And the common audience of, you know, brain deads didn't see Pearl... <laughs> And the horror audience and the people that appreciated X Went and saw the sequel and were like This is just as good or if not better I, so I, I think Pearl I think I that skewed Pearl. the rating Yeah
1: Probably and maybe it hasn't been up as long So people haven't like lowered the average I don't know I, I loved the movie don't get me wrong I'm a huge huge fan Better than the lighthouse hereditary in Midsummer? Okay <laughs> Like come on
0: I don't Come think so Come the
1: fuck on IMDB
0: It also shows the meta scores on here If you go by meta score uh, Hereditary would be number one Pearl would be somewhere Down towards the middle But um, yeah that is The 25 Movies A24 Horror movies IMDb, Based on IMDB ratings So
1: That's a wonky list Brother it is a wonky list If you ask me
0: I just wanted to see what you thought all right um speaking of pearl and of course x let's dive into movie number one which x. is
1: x yeah
0: hell yeah oh man so um x is a 2022 film i believe it came out in january or february of this year you can watch it on showtime unfortunately Ooh. um myself i did the old amazon rental i wanted to i was a I was buying the Blu-ray and it was gonna get delivered like the next day, but I held off because I want to wait to get the X slash Pearl combo pack if there is one. Yeah. I want to wait. I want to wait and see if they do that, and then I'll get the Blu-ray for both. Yes. Um, I'll summarize X for us <clears throat> since this was my pick this week, mm-hmm. movie I hadn't seen. Uh, it's a cosmic mix of the slashers of the '80s. <laughs> Combined with the exploitation films of the 70s, but with modern touches. It's hyperviolence, but it knows that it is. It's a little bit carpenter. It's definitely a little bit Wes Craven. It's, It's kind of a cosmic gumbo. It almost moves to the beat of Texas country. Would you agree? I was
1: not ready for that. I was not ready for Biff Whiff to make an appearance today, Greg. That was a yeah. very special moment in my life. Thank you for that. Denny and I would joke on the podcast about it being a cosmic gumbo. <laughs> I think that's the best I think you should leave reference that has happened on this show up until this point. You I was thinking... reached a new high, sir.
0: I'm glad to have done that. Yeah, I was watching. I was like... This is like the exploitation films of the 70s combined with... Hold on a second. (laughs) Where have I heard this?
1: Unprofessional bullshit. This is why no one gets (laughs) reviews from IMDB.
0: (laughs) This is why no one listens to podcasts on AOL Blast. (laughs) Uh. Oh, shit. Uh, X is a movie where... uh, basically if you've seen every cock on the planet then <laughs> <laughs> this is a throwback slasher movie starring mia goth who does amazingly it is a group of teenagers college age people in the uh, late 1970s renting out a barn slash cabin on a property in Texas outside of Houston that are there to shoot a porno film they are going out there to shoot porn in the barn whatever and the old couple that owns the property and lives in the main house off over here they are not too happy about it that's basically it it's a slasher movie with, uh, with, with making a porn so yeah. there you go <laughs> it's called X Denny Yes. I My relationship with this movie is that I finally just saw it this week. That's it. Yours is a lot richer than mine. What is your relationship with X?
1: Uh, not really. I saw it in theaters a couple months ago and uh, I was really excited to rewatch it this week. Um, I just thought it was an absolute blast. It was a movie much needed on a Friday night of decompression when I saw it in theaters. I came out of there hyped, like ready to like do cartwheels and shit. Um, i thought it was just such a badass movie i couldn't believe they were releasing pearl just a couple months later i also thought that was just such a badass movie um and um dude yeah after seeing pearl a couple weeks ago i was excited to watch x again for this show and uh man i'm telling you x makes pearl hit different and pearl makes x hit different the the movies just have some really cool little interactions just cool little references to each other and yeah, man. I was a fan. Huge fan. Ty West is the shit. Mia Goth is the shit. A24 is the shit for this one, two, dot, 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 three, question mark, punch.
0: My mouth is agape. My jaw is on the floor. A third, he says. I haven't seen Pearl yet, so TBD. I was going to say, this is the hit summer horror one, two punch that it just got the people going. Yep. Um, uh, I was excited about this one, man. Dude. Dude. Yeah. You go, what do you got for notes?
1: Well, I was gonna say I'm glad you liked it so much because it's such a movie for genre heads. You know, so I was like, obviously I liked this, but you know, like is Greg gonna get the same love that I have for it? Um But I mean like I feel like Ty West loves exploitation movies. And so he made a movie that addressed the issues of exploitation movies. You know, like he finally got to make his his own exploitation movie, but did it in a way that was like, hey, doesn't this genre treat women in a pretty fucked up way, guys? You know, like actually yeah. had that conversation.
0: How would you describe that conversation? How would you say it addresses the issue of exploitation of women in, in uh, movies like this?
1: I would say it first of all, like um, it empowers the actors in the porn movie. First of all, is like real people with agency who know what they're doing and um, aren't just these like scum of the earth people. Um, it makes the men ask moral questions <laughs> about like, oh, you think it's okay to watch this? Well, would you be okay with your girlfriend in it? You said it was meaningless, right? Like you mm-hmm. said none of this matters, so it's fine if your girlfriend's in it. Um, And then you juxtapose that conversation with, like, the themes of religion, the themes of, like, Pearl not being valued. Uh, She's jealous of the women in the exploitation movies and in her jealousy shames them. But also she's just cast aside because she's old and gross. And uh, I thought it, like, really looked at, like, women across two different phases of life and their interactions with men at those phases. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And specifically those men of those phases interacting with each other, too.
1: Yep, that was fun.
0: Boy, was I've it. I've been
1: 23, <laughs> but you ain't been 42.
0: <laughs> Man, I don't know where I would start with this one. Thank you for sharing all that, by the way. I thought yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Um, I have so few notes on this because I was just, like, watching it with my wife. And she's very particular about horror and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like... If she wants to watch scary movies with me, Hereditary is not on that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, something about, like, the demon possession and, like, the dealing with the devil or whatever. That kind of stuff really just kind of puts her off. Yeah, she's not into
1: the supernatural horror.
0: Yeah, exactly. But when it's, like, slasher movies seem to be right up her alley. Those are her game where it's just, like, we understand the threat... We perceive it, how do we outsmart it? That kind of thing, instead of just like this unseeable, unknowable evil that's just slowly chipping away at us.
1: Dude, honestly, Leah and I have this in common. Like, supernatural horror kind of scares the shit out of me, and I don't really like it that much. I I like (laughs) movies more like X and Friday the 13th.
0: Oh, no, that's good. That's totally valid, and I, I feel mostly the same way. I think... My perspective is these feel a little bit more relatable when it is Mm -hmm. such a human threat or like a believable um, adversary. It's just like it's another person that's deranged in one way or another, has the upper hand uh, in some manner. Um, I find movies like this a lot more believable and honestly a little bit more fun. Like the slasher genre has been done so much. We were having a lot of fun watching this.
1: Oh, dude, this one knew it was a slasher movie. Um, I I have a friend, um, my friend Bruce says he likes movies like this, or the one he uses specifically is Friday the 13th Part 1. Because he's like, that's a scary movie because that's something that could actually happen. You know, like someone could go crazy and just start killing people in their sleep. And they have more weapons than you. And that's an actual scary situation to think about versus like, annabelle the doll like conjured up yeah you know like because that couldn't actually happen
0: that's just like jump scares and creepy shit it's just yeah at a certain point you gotta laugh at shit like that yeah like the conjuring it just it scares me in a way that bothers me like i don't have fun with shit like that
1: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) it was just like okay you just made the music really loud for half a second and put these kids in like these modern kids in victorian white nightgowns and put them in a room with like black mold all over the place like you made the setting scary you didn't make it believable so
1: yeah my my rule is i'll give you a jump scare if the audio was a sound that the characters could hear you know like if if the characters could have been scared by that noise you can scare me with it but when you just do something with the score you know (laughs) like it (laughs) pisses me off so much it's so lazy
0: yeah, I think one of the best examples of that is from uh, Get Out mm-hmm. where like a character walks in the background behind Daniel Kaluuya's character and like the score just <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: just jumps out at you. Whereas like if that character would had walked in the background in the hallway behind the main character, that would have been way scarier. You didn't need yes. to That felt like a studio plug of like you should do this, Jordan Peele, and he was like, "Okay, whatever."
1: I'm not Jordan fucking Peel yet, but I will be soon, so I'll listen to you guys now.
0: (laughs) In a few short weeks I will be. Um (laughs) Oh shoot, what was I gonna say? I think the best example of of that was uh when Jenna Ortega was in the basement and she's hatcheted through the door, she's reaching for the lock, you feel like she's you feel like she's about to escape, and then she just gets her arm smacked with the butt end of that shotgun. By the old Ooh. man and that's a jump scare Ooh. that scares the character hurts the character, and scares the audience very effectively yes. it's <sighs> it's a it's effective horror
1: yeah and it, it was just made with that like intentionality behind everything like they didn't make a single move in this whole movie that felt cheap or doing it just to do it like every last bit of it mattered man it's a well made movie like Ty West made me like found footage with VHS. You know, like, that's Mm -hmm. how good he is. He's really good at what he does.
0: (laughs) I think you mentioned that before, yeah. Like, I hate found footage, but I love this. Yeah. Um.
1: (laughs) That's how you know it's a success.
0: (laughs) I I liked uh, Jenna Ortega a lot. I just wanted to get back on her. My wife and I really like her. She was in the show You... I think that's kind of where she got her start. But she was... Dude, when she, like, is locked in the basement and she sees that guy's body, like, hanging from the ceiling, her scream and her face are (laughs) legit horrifying. Like, that's one of the best reactions I've seen in a horror movie that, like, actually scared me. And I was trying to find it for a while. Like, the face she makes when she sees the body... Yeah. I swear that was a poster for this movie, but I cannot find it anywhere.
1: I don't know. I've got no recollection of it.
0: I can't find it, and it sucks. But like, yeah, the face she makes—it's—it's it's perfect. Ah, dude, she, that was, she a, was good a in this Scream
1: one. Queen moment, man. Scream cream moment. Wait, Scream. Scream Queen moment. <laughs> there we go. Dairy Queen.
0: Um. <laughs> What else you got for me, buddy?
1: Man, um, this I, I barely took notes at all this week because I just watched the movies. Um, like they <laughs> they they all commanded attention. Um, this one puts the fun back in horror. This had like some like uh like when horror was punk rock back in the eighties and nineties when it was like what you're not supposed to be watching and we all feel cool because we're being so bad, you know, like that that kind mm-hmm. of vibe. This movie has that in ways that I feel like not many things do. Did you pick up on it?
0: Yeah, I think so. That it it definitely had that feel of like you see the cover of this at Blockbuster and you're like, yes. "Oh, no way my parents are going to let me get this. Maybe I can like when I go here with my friend and his parents, maybe they'll let us pick this movie out and we'll yep. feel like little badasses watching it late at night when everyone else is asleep. It it had that feel to it. um and i will say yeah it is a movie where the main characters are filming pornography but it's not like a gratuitously sexual or nudity filled movie it's there is some of that but it doesn't feel like exploitative or like no absolutely trying to play up to your expectations of a slasher film based on filming pornography
1: yeah if anything, I feel like it addressed your expectations of a slasher film by filming pornography.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: you know? Yeah, like, nice. Like, it It just seems like that was done so intentionally to, you know, the way they mix the sexuality with the violence. You know how I like that. I like that. that. Um, but, um, no, but I, I really feel like it was Ty West being so informed on the horror genre and, like, wanting to do the things he liked about these fucked up eras of cinema. So if he was going to do them, he needed to address them. Right? Like, you need to have a conversation about how this looks in a modern movie in our culture now. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a good job of it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. <sighs> yeah, again, everything had the right tone, the right amount of exposure or conversation directed... Around it, that kind of thing. Oh, Eleven agrees. agrees. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right. Shit out there. Uh, I think I'm all done on notes. The only, the last thing I had was like the opening shot of the movie starts from inside the barn, and the barn door is like cut off the edges of the screen oh, to give it. Oh that,
1: yes, that's so
0: cool. That original aspect ratio, and then we end the movie with some fantastic roll credits where it's just cuts back to that aspect ratio rounded edges of a square screen red white blurry text and it just says x within a circle yes. terrific oh. roll credits mirrored oh. the the opening shot of the movie just right not and, to mention yeah.
1: the last line that fed into them oh yeah well, we'll might need to save it though um, oh
0: ooh. Oh,
1: and then the credits look like an old movie. And and I think that's what works so well about this is, like, it doesn't come across as nostalgia pandering because he's borrowing from multiple eras. You know, like, there's there's different decades
0: in this movie. So you're saying it's a bit of a cosmic gumbo?
1: You know, Greg, we used to joke on set about how it was a cosmic gumbo. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) There we go. It really was a cosmic gumbo, though.
0: Oh yeah, no, it really was <laughs> yeah. Definitely a little Michael Mann um, <laughs> You ready to gimmickize this one, buddy?
1: I can gimmick this, brother, brother Let's do it
0: Alright, Denny, uh, we've got a new gimmick this week Of course, yes. like we always do It's the gimmick of the week Denny, what the heck is the gimmick of the week this week For when A24 wants to scare our pants off?
1: The gimmick of the week is our pantsless moment, or moment of pantslessness, um, where uh, A24 successfully scared your pants all the way off. Greg, what is your pantsless moment for X?
0: This one's partially literal. A24 scared Maxine's overalls off, and she was skinny dipping in the little swampy pond behind the house, and... There's a crocodile that's just stalking her, starts swimming towards her, and we just feel this tension, and she gets out of the water right before the crocodile gets her. She does, She never even knows it was there. I thought that was a really good like metaphor, like, foreshadowing for not realizing the impending danger, danger from the rest of the movie. And there were no pants involved.
1: <laughs> not on the alligator or her.
0: that was not lyle lyle crocodile that was (laughs) somebody else entirely
1: (laughs) well gregory i have great news for you
0: oh do you now
1: we picked the same gimmick of the week brother oh my god that's like for all there's a lot of gore but that was the only time in the movie where i felt like scared was watching mm-hmm. that gator swim up towards her. Um, I'm scared of big, scary things that live underwater. So, uh, yeah, me if too. I was in that situation; my pants would not have been on. I'll tell you that much right now, officer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I believe that's called thalassophobia. Yes, it it's, is, and it's real, and I have it. So, uh, Denny, what is your favorite line from?
1: Um, I'm gonna give a (laughs) runner-up to a written line just on the side of the porno van it says plowing service which I thought was pretty fantastic (laughs) Um, oh man I'm torn I'm torn Um, between the last line of the movie and I'll just give this one my, my favorite Now that's what I call divine intervention. This is my favorite line of the movie.
0: So damn good. Buddy, I've got more good news.
1: Oh my god, are we in sync or what?
0: I think we're more Backstreet Boys, but we are together on this one, buddy. Yes! I'm Lance and you're Bass. This is uh, my favorite line. Now that's what I call divine intervention. But my runner-up right before it. It was Maxine played by Mia Goth saying I will not accept a laugh I do not deserve. Uh, uh, killer. Dude, and, and then, then we
1: find out why she says that. Mm-hmm. Such a such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh movie with a lot of great lines. I wanna give the last line of the movie since I alluded to it so much. I'd say one goddamn fucked up horror picture and then cut to credits like Oh my god, I loved it so much. Like, what a flex at the end. That was uh, Tarantino's This Just Might Be My Masterpiece coming to us from Ty West.
0: Yeah, we do have to throw that out there. But we won't say any more. You guys should watch this movie. We spoiled yes. plenty of it, but we didn't spoil all of it. Um, the other two movies will get a whiplash warning, though, so stay yes. tuned. Oh, big time. Uh, Denny, what did you give for a ranking for X? What is your rating on the old criticer score?
1: I gave it a 43 out of 50, which I've said before is a spot I reserve for only some of my most beloved movies. 43 is the most honorable number to get on my rankings. I don't know why. I just started deciding. That's that's where really, really, really great stuff that's not quite an all-timer territory goes to get its yeah. gold star.
0: It's not out of the park, but you're hitting triples every time. I get yep,
1: it. Yep, absolutely.
0: Triples is best. Triples is safe.
1: Triples makes it safe. What about <laughs> it? what about you greg i don't live in a hotel
0: that was (laughs) (laughs) those were off the cuff god damn we're good um i'm
1: gonna go watch that after we record this
0: good man um i gave this one a 32 out of 40 not bad uh i didn't like the the thing they did a few times with the editing where they would like start the next scene cut back to the previous one and then like cut back and forth and show shots from like the future and the current scene that kind of threw me for a loop. I'm not really sure why that was going on. I don't recall not... it. So
1: <laughs> it clearly didn't throw me through one.
0: They did it maybe like four times where they're just like flashing ahead and then to the next scene and then, Oh, we're actually cutting back. now it's forward back and forth. And then we start the next scene. Yeah. Um, not like a huge knock, but yeah, at the end of the day, yeah exactly the same reason behind Your rating it's like it's not Knocking it out of the park necessarily But it's just such a solid movie That I, yes. I just really liked it And I cannot wait to watch Pearl I think um, you're gonna
1: like Pearl Even more
0: I believe it Brother Thirty-two. I, I to like 40.
1: X more but I think you will like Pearl more
0: Interesting yeah. To be discussed
1: yeah. Why'd you edit Your scenes Greg Why'd you edit your seams?
0: <laughs> and that's—that <laughs> is the least seamless edit of all the edits we've ever we've ever had, <laughs> folks. If you know anything about the next movie, then you already know it's time to talk about the lighthouse.
1: Yes, it is. Oh, what a what a special movie in my life, Greg.
0: That's right. The 2019 film from Robert Eggers. We are fully rounding out our discussion on all Robert Eggers movies. We've done them all, all three. For a movie podcast that does three movies a week, we finally tackled an entire <laughs> director's <laughs> catalog. <laughs> um, you can watch this one on Paramount Plus, but I don't know why you would watch it there. I have it on Blu ray. Just come over and you can watch it. Denny. Yes, this was the audience selection. Yes, it was. But I feel like this is a movie that's very near and dear to your heart because I know it is. Um, yes, you want to summarize it for us?
1: I'll do my best, but there's a lot of uh, doubtable continuity in it. <laughs> um, so we have um, old and young, as their names are in the script. Uh, I believe it's Winslow and Thomas, right? Or Winslow and Wick, Thomas Wick and uh,
0: Thomas whatever. Winslow. Robert Pattinson and... Ephraim Ephraim Winslow and Thomas, a.k.a. Thomas. He's disguising his name. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. You're good. Interrupt me back. You know the answers.
1: You know the answers. Um, They'll be referred to as Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson from now on because I'm 80% sure Willem Dafoe just thought this movie was real. (laughs) Um. So, they are uh, lighthouse keepers who are supposed to be working a four-week shift. Willem Dafoe is kind of an old-school guy, likes to boss Robert Pattinson around. Robert Pattinson just wants to beat up a bunch of seagulls and masturbate to wood he found on the ground. Um, So, um, he starts kind of like, it just seems like there's something off. Um, He starts seeing mermaids and fantasizing about them and um and then all of a sudden when they're supposed to get picked up they don't get picked up and there's a horrible storm and they think they might be stranded out there for months and they drink all the alcohol and eat all oh. the food and then they uh uh, uh <laughs> oh. <Greg's> breaking me <laughs> keep it keep it up that's a great That's exactly what it's like a bunch of this crazy shit's just happening um it turns out that uh that Robert Pattinson actually killed his old boss and ran away uh, and stole his identity. And uh, now they're basically singing sea shanties and drinking like lamp oil, cause they're out of alcohol. Um, he find or Robert Pattinson finds out that Willem Dafoe recommended he be fired without severance in his log. So he decides to beat the living fuck out of him and make him bark like a dog. And then he sees naked Willem Dafoe uh, staring beams into him. And finally, he climbs up to the lighthouse that he was always forbidden to go in, and as he looks into its enchanting light, he thinks he's fucking a mermaid in its mermaid vagina, and then uh, he he gets eaten by seagulls.
0: You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and the part of the foghorn was played by yours truly.
1: I could see it so clearly, the picture I was painting for the audience <laughs> with the foghorn in the background. Yeah.
0: I just had to mentally put myself in a place where I was seeing a uh, curvy woman in a 1950s cartoon. wooga, <laughs> If I may. Um,
1: yeah, we forgot to give a whiplash warning. Thankfully my synopsis was unintelligible. Um, <laughs> do not let us spoil this movie for you. It's a work of art. Greg, what is your relationship with The Lighthouse?
0: oh man <laughs> we're off to a great start pal yeah, aren't we it's, it's, it's the most serious art house films that we have expressed interest in that we get the most slap happy about yes because uh, <laughs> it's
1: so to quote Morgan Watt friend of the show Morgan Watt it's like if SpongeBob SquarePants was directed by David Lynch, and I just can't stop seeing that in the lighthouse.
0: That should have been your summary. That's fucking perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, I like to I like to say it as much as I can. Credit to Morgan.
0: Spread that around the world, the internet, whatever. That's incredible. Um Yeah, I watched this one in theaters when it had come out, and I hadn't watched it since until just this past week.
1: Nice. Uh, I um uh do i own them i also I saw I it in the blues. theaters
0: right? no it was, it was an amazon rental my bad whatever oh, okay. you saw it in you saw it in theaters
1: i saw it in theaters uh and then the second time i watched it was uh when me and the fright 90 boys during the pandemic were basically doing this we would watch three horror movies a week and then get together to talk about it on zoom but we would never record it or release it anywhere it was just something to keep us occupied during covid um and uh I tried to watch this movie while I was, like, cleaning and just picking some stuff up because I'd already seen it. No. It commanded my attention. Like, I could mm. not, like, have this movie on and also look away from the screen. Um, and this week was my third time watching it, and I was eager to do it because I love it so very much. I'm a crazy big fan of this movie.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew how much you love this movie, and... You know, when we talked about The Northmen, you had just talked about... I mean, it's so easy to compare Robert Eggers' three movies to each other. Yeah. Simply in terms of filmmaking, because these are three incredibly different movies. <laughs>
1: just, the only thing they have in common is, like, elevated language. that <laughs> They apparently yeah. learned really, really well.
0: Period-accurate research was done and yes. that's as close you can get for like a comparison of the three yes um i have specific things that I'll, I'll praise about all three for this one i think out of the three movies it has the best sound design and best performances
1: yeah i'd say so like, too.
0: you were wanting to call them willem Defoe and robert pattinson and i felt bad about that because I thought they really sank into their characters. Maybe Will yeah. Defoe became more of himself and it's like <laughs> a sea shanty man, perhaps, but Oh
1: my god, they were insane, man. They coastal Defoe.
0: But they were so fucking good. I like Robert Pattons' career is so maybe interesting is a word for it, but it's just like it's taking on the form of like um Harry Potter. Help me.
1: Daniel Radcliffe.
0: Daniel Radcliffe. Thank you. Where it's just like, I made the big franchise. I was the heartthrob, whatever. I want to do whatever weird, crazy shit that I find interesting, and I'm going to crush it. And this is like probably the peak of that for me um, for his movies. (laughs) I I really liked him in um, Good Time, the Safety Brothers film. Yeah, I want to
1: see that. I haven't seen that one.
0: This movie, I think, is the absolute peak of, like, Robert Pattinson just showing off what he can do and being like, Oh, you still think of me as, uh, Edward, uh, Snowden? Right. What you said. (laughs) God damn it. Um, I'm leaking secrets about werewolves here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man. I I love him in this movie. I, God damn. I want to call him Ephraim. I want to call him Winslow. I want to call Willem Dafoe Thomas. Do it. It's like, Willem Dafoe, you know, I think the first thing I saw him in was Spider-Man as the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. I've seen him in all kinds of things, but I think this is one of the most standout roles he's had and performed in. And, you know, he was also in the Northman. I thought he was great in that. Similar sentiment there But this is more of a key character The Academy got it wrong, brother The Academy Academy got it wrong (laughs)
1: Yep Man I just remember this I, I saw this right after Robert Pattinson Was revealed as the new Batman And everyone was like Edward Cullen from Twilight's gonna be Batman This is gonna be so fucking stupid And then I see this movie And I was like You guys are worried that he can't handle a complex acting challenge like fucking Batman? (laughs) Like, after the lighthouse, you're worried this guy can't play fucking Batman? Are you fucking kidding me?
0: How dare you smear the reputation, tarnish the name of those bat nipples from George Clooney. Um, Yeah, this this guy's going to be the one to ruin the role, sure
1: oh my god i i just like i could not believe there was hubbub about him playing batman while this movie was in theaters like i was like just how how if anything i was like batman's kind of beneath him honestly i'd rather him just spend his time elsewhere
0: (laughs) it it was a similar feeling for me it was just like is he a little bit better than this uh (laughs) yeah i i love watching him in this movie Smacking seagulls, pining for that sweet mer Um <laughs> if, if I may. You may. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'd be insulted if you didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think this movie benefited greatly from having such a minimal cast. I, I felt their isolation so well.
1: Oh, my God. I even think the aspect ratio contributed to the isolation. Like, you feel boxed in the whole movie. You feel trapped Mm -hmm. with them. Um, I can't imagine how you would not go crazy and go through what they went through. Like, how do you not just start drinking lamp fluid? Like, (laughs) what's the other option?
0: Yeah, and before I continue, that thought I will say, like, the aspect ratio and also the black and white of it all. It just makes everything seem more mundane and monotonous like we don't see the color of the ocean we just know it's dark. The sky is light the White House is light. The ground is dark. Things are only dark and light. There is no color to this world. There's no color to this existence that they have. There is just this cold gray isolation. I didn't Ah. even
1: think about that. Like if they shot it in color some of the scenes might have looked beautiful you know like i did, like they needed Can't to do have it in that. black and white yeah yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly oh man um i think i saw it might have been photoshopped uh i think it was fake but it was like the reason it was in black and white is because robert Pattons' outfit looked exactly like a made him look like a mario brother and it's like a red sweater with blue <laughs> overalls and a mustache <laughs> like hold on <laughs> But yeah, that was probably fake. But I'd oh man, what was your other point? I'm sorry. I don't remember. Fuck, there was something else I wanted to build on. You said um, something cool. Feeling and
1: trapped, feeling boxed in, uh, drinking lamp fluid. As yes,
0: the drinking, the drinking. I wanted to talk about the drinking. Yes. Um, I love that slow evolution of uh, Winslow just saying like, "Oh no, I don't drink," and uh, Thomas just like pouring himself drink after drink bad luck to leave a cheers unmatched or whatever yep. he says yep. and it seems like you know thomas is this old-timey guy he he'll drink whenever he wants to damn it he'll drink as much as he wants to it never feels out of control and then winslow just i've got it under control i just want to come here and work hard time's going to go by fine i'll have a drink oh shit i want more to drink and they just build each other's addiction to alcohol up yes. so much that like the situation and their like growing <laughs> like co-addiction to alcohol just blossoming into this oh. terrible uh mindset for both of them
1: darkness man like and they seem to have like feelings for each other but they're also like hatred towards each other like this like constant clash between uh, love and murder that they have for each other, these life and death drives, and it all just becomes a drunken square dancing blur. (laughs) You know? Like, that's Mm -hmm. why my synopsis was the way it was. Um, And it's all set to this beautiful backdrop, Greg. It's it's a backdrop that I feel like the movie really nails. And it's the horror of how gross it is to live with other men. Like... (laughs) so <laughs> takes, sick of your goddamn thoughts. Yeah. This takes me back to like being 20 years old and having four other male roommates and just how fucking vodka and farting and jerking off must have been happening in that house. <laughs> like just so fucking nasty to live with men.
0: The dishes are always dirty. Yes. Everything always smells uh exactly but, but yeah and just then
1: like so objectively better <laughs> like so objectively better
0: i won't give them that much credit maybe they're equally disgusting we just don't know about it they
1: clean it up they are equally disgusting but they clean it we just fucking put it in piles
0: <laughs> we live in it and re- <laughs> relish it we just we love it
1: happy as a they have
0: some shit. shame <laughs> <laughs> they're just better oh man um, I don't have too many notes about this one um, ju- just like all these like I-, I wasn't really taking a whole lot of notes I was just watching and just engrossed in everything about this one
1: same dude same I just want to go crazy with them um, <laughs> what do you think of like the breakdown in uh, continuity so to speak do the art house elements work for you what are your thoughts
0: Um, I wanted to bring this up closer to the end, but yeah, I think it kind of commands it. This kind of has a similar feeling for me, like Mad Max Fury Road, obviously very different movies, very different reasonings here where I just feel like there's a little bit of a barrier for me, like absolutely being head over heels for this one. And it's like, it's tough to pinpoint it, but maybe it is kind of that art house element where it's like once I lose a little bit of clarity as to what's going on or like like you were saying the continuity of things like it's not that I'm enjoying it less but I just I feel like I'm being held back from really loving everything Mm. and it's like no no like I appreciate it I think it's great I'm glad that this decision was made I'm just not as fully bought in as others are. Yeah. And I wish I could explain it. I wish I could pinpoint exactly where the issues are, where the barriers are, so that I could, like, work on taking them down because I want to love this movie as much as, like, you do. But it's just, uh, it's not all the way there for me.
1: That's fair enough. I I think it's just, you know, opposite taste because I just get swept away in the whirlwind of what's happening. Like, it makes me more immersed because it's all just starting to blur and it makes me feel like i'm experiencing a little bit of their inner world as they're descending into madness you know it makes me feel like i'm going with them instead of just watching it happen to them
0: yeah and that totally makes sense i i feel like i do feel that same sense of immersion but i'm still asking questions yeah if that makes sense sure. like i'm totally along for the ride but like when I come out of it I'm not looking back on it like oh man everything absolutely clicked and worked for me but <laughs> it's it's just like undeniably beautiful though so
1: yeah man oh I don't know what it is I think I, I like stylization more than you do in general um that's been a, a conversation or a, a topic of conversation a lot recently uh maybe that's why we have such different experiences here cuz it really starts to depart reality um and that might be your checking out point but my checking in point
0: mhm yeah i think so it, it's funny how much that's come up in the last yeah. like month or so
1: <laughs> yep probably cuz of the subject matter we're covering in the past month or so <laughs> i would say yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i well, will Greg? say though like i think this I don't want to spoil what I believe would be your pantsless mode, but it's not mine, okay um the very end where Pattinson finally sees the light, he opens the bulb in the lighthouse, yes, and like it just turns bright white, and his he's just screaming and it's all distorted. That might be the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's I so loved awesome. that shit. I it's loved so it. Fucking awesome. I wanted to bathe in that scene for like an hour. And then like <laughs> <laughs> he falls down the steps and gets eaten by seagulls and I'm like that the last 2 minutes of this movie are like the coolest final 2 minutes of a movie oh, I've seen in so long.
1: They're so amazing,
0: man. And like oh man Maybe that's just, like, the kind of music I'm into, too. Kind of plays a little bit of influence into, like, how the audio delivery of that final scene, like, really sells me on it. But, yeah, I thought it was fucking incredible.
1: Dude, I'm with you 100%. All I've got to do is just gush about this movie, man. I've got no negatives for it. Like, nothing bad to give it. I'm just like, yeah, and that part was awesome, and that part was awesome, and that part was awesome.
0: Um... Uh, I do have one more praise I want to let you gush on it a little bit if you'd like to. Um Please. I thought this. I thought this movie had terrific camera movement. Yes. Despite this being a movie set in some time in the 19th century, it feels like extremely modern filmmaking despite the aspect ratio. Yeah. The film grain, black and white, whatever. But like the camera movement, like we discussed in the other Eggers movies feels modern but also extremely fitting um how do you feel about that
1: yeah i think it's because there's such a veneer over it of like they used the old technology and everything right like this is like shot on like old ass film if i'm not mistaken and so i'm like i feel like you mix it's something that's never been done before is to use that kind of equipment um for for modern filmmaking um to go through all the work of using all that old clunky shit um and then take what we've learned and what we've you know like what we've built since we were using these cameras you know um Mm -hmm. it's it's such a perfect mix man of like basically a hundred years of filmmaking (laughs) you know like improving and then going back to like the yowza wowza looking shit you know it's Mm -hmm. so fucking cool
0: Oh man, yeah. It, you put this old technology in the right hands, you just you get this nice cosmic gumbo. If it were, uh, <laughs> it
1: really is a cosmic gumbo, Greg.
0: We were joking about it in the previous discussion. Uh, <laughs> Unprofessional um, bullshit. Oh man, uh, hit me with some more notes. What uh, do you have? Anything else, dude? I really don't.
1: On honestly, like, um, I just wrote down lines I really liked. <laughs> like, because I just like. I don't even have that much to say about this movie other than it's really fucking good um, if if you're not into art house fine um, you probably won't like this I'm not a big art house guy but this one just has like a spirit of darkness that it carries with it that allows me mm-hmm. to access things I can't always access um, I was shocked to see that fucking Chris Columbus EP'd this fucking director of Home Alone mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is
0: news to me yeah
1: i saw i didn't notice it until this time around executive
0: producer chris columbus that's fucking awesome
1: (laughs) did not see that
0: coming do you hear me seagulls i'm not afraid anymore (laughs) (laughs) um anyways do you have anything
1: else for the lighthouse
0: (laughs) nah man if if what you got's lines then i'm ready to do some gimmicks here bud
1: let's do it brother what is your pantsless moment
0: My favorite pantsless moment is when Ephraim is beating Thomas and the tentacles just come up from behind him and start choking Robert Pattinson, man, and he kind of snaps out of it when Thomas is like, you're killing me, lad, you're killing me. Like that moment is so scary to me. Where it's just like the drunken stupor is kinda wearing off and it's just like, oh shit, there's a reality to what's going on here. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. We're we're getting that art house horror of like the the tentacles that we had seen before. Now they're kinda choking him. A lot of things are culminating, but then we get snapped back into the reality of what he's actually doing, and it's oh. oof. Scary oh. and jarring. Oh. Oh. Whew.
1: Yes, I feel the chills as someone who has always been scared of unintended consequences of my actions.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um I'll
1: give a uh I'll give a runner up to Willem Defoe uh passionately pronouncing the curse of Triton. Holy shit, I'm scared Triton's gonna come get me when he's yelling that out. Um, but I'll give an actual pantsless moment to when Willem Dafoe is pantsless with superhero eyes on Robert Pattinson. Um when that first hit, I was just like, whoa, fuck, he's looking into his soul. <laughs> it uh-huh. was really, really unsettling to me.
0: That's a really good one, man. I like that I like that scene a lot. Or like that kind of just sit on it for a couple seconds. Which yep. again goes into what I love about Egger's movies, the editing of just seeing stuff exactly as long as you need to see them. Um what is your favorite line? I'm sure you've got more than a couple here.
1: I've got more than a couple. I'll give uh, a runner up to Hark, Triton, Hark, and why'd you spill your beans? But I'm going to go with one. It's the, it's the most unexpected vulnerability that we see from a character. And it's the first time mm. we see them vulnerable in any way. Just breaking down an insecurity at, You're fond of me lobster. <laughs> Like he's like heartbroken that Robert Pattinson who's done nothing but abuse the entire movie doesn't like his cooking. Um, I love the you're fond of me lobster line. That's my number one line in the movie. What about you Greg?
0: That's awesome. Um, My only one is (laughs) towards the beginning I think Robert Pattinson wants to start trading some roles maybe working each other's jobs and shifts. And Willem Defoe says, I'm damn well wedded to this here light, and she's been a finer, truer, quieter wife than any alive-blooded woman. <laughs> Fucking fabulous. Alive-blooded woman is Ugh. such a terrific... <laughs> what a string beautiful of words. Thing to say. What a beautiful thing to say.
1: What is your... Uh, what is your or score, Greg?
0: Well... It, it is a high one, like I said, there were some barriers for keeping me from really like putting this over the edge as like an all timer yeah. favorite um now that we've finished the Robert Eggers tour, I think the the witch has my favorite narrative and the scariest horror. The Northman has my favorite editing and like direction mm-hmm. I think out of his films and then This one, like I said, the sound and the performances, like I I can't wait to see what he does next with Nosferatu. Uh, I hope he brings brings all of those elements together to create something truly fantastic. For this one, I gave it a 35 out of 40, which is still extremely high for me.
1: Well, you didn't take it quite as high as I did because I gave it a 50 out of 50 perfect score. Um, perfect I think
0: score
1: i i left the theater the first time i saw it knowing it wasn't a masterpiece i wish i'd had more to say about it in this discussion because i really don't think i've like fully communicated just how amazed i am with this movie but i also think it's just like it's something you have to watch and feel you know like i'm it's just this like intangible feeling i get throughout the entire movie of just like I am watching greatness and it's hard for me to break it down into smaller points. You know, like it's just how the whole thing works together.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is just watch it. Like you said, it can't be watched in the background. Let it get dark, sit down and watch it. It won't really, it won't scare your pants off necessarily, but yeah, it'll, you'll dive into the atmosphere of this movie and have a really good time with it.
1: Yeah. that's, That's the one thing is it's barely horror. You know, like it like maybe shouldn't have even qualified for this episode. It's barely a horror movie.
0: Uh I would qualify it more than some of the other A twenty four movies that could have gone on the uh poll, but yeah. I'm I'm good with it being here. I mean if that's what you want to call it. That noise. Um what noise?
1: Noise should be illegal. Oh fuck you.
0: Sorry about that. (laughs) Stop I'm just trying to click in for a uh, seamless edit here, real quick.
1: It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny at all.
0: I think it is. <laughs>
1: I watched this movie a week ago, and I'm just now getting over it.
0: Hail! Seamless edit! All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it today, and I'm. Yes, I've got a lot on my mind. So, Denny, we're here to talk about Hereditary, Ooh, Yes, the 2018 th- feature from Ari Aster Ooh. that you can watch on Paramount Plus, or I've got this one on Blu-ray for sure. I do have this one. I think I got it when I got The Witch. It was like also four or five bucks.
1: Have you noticed that Paramount Plus has started carrying movies that we cover since we declared war on them?
0: I think there's something to this.
1: I think we're on their radar.
0: <laughs> All I'm saying is it's not a coincidence.
1: <sighs> Follow the money, people. Follow the money.
0: Yeah, won't well, lead us. Alright, so Denny, hereditary was your pick. Yes, it was. Would you like would you like to summarize this film for us?
1: Yes, I will um tony collette is a traumatized artist uh whose mother has recently died and she is grieving a complex relationship with her mother when uh her son accidentally decapitates her daughter um and there is so much fucking grief in this scary ass movie um and uh that's right basically through support of her grief group um she starts to conjure spirits um the spirit of her deceased daughter that ends up being a mistake because some really scary stuff starts happening in their house Um, her marriage is falling apart her son hates her she has all these things she hasn't come to terms with in her life um it turns out that that lady at her grief group was actually part of her mom's cult as tony collette starts to go through her mom's things and discover photos of her doing cult-like stuff um there's a lot of foreshadowing to this that i'm not covering in the synopsis but it's just fucking brilliant and amazing and what a creative use of a doormat for a plot device um Long story short, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, don't let us ruin this movie for you, whiplash, warning. Long story short, the cult wins. Um, they have been trying to summon one of the seven kings of hell, Payman. Eight. Eight kings of hell, sorry, excuse me. Um, and sorry. they want to give him a male body. Uh, they'd already possessed Tony Collette's daughter, uh, and Payman wanted a male body, so now they're trying to possess his son, Tony Collette starts going fucking crazy and it's really scary and she lights her husband on fire and saws her head off and crawls around the room and bangs her head on the attic door and uh, they find their mom's dead body in the attic and then Satan ghosts carry them to the treehouse where there's a whole cult meeting and they welcome Payman. The bad guys have absolutely 100% succeeded at their plan with flying colors. Everything went exactly their way the entire time. Hereditary. (laughs)
0: Terrific. Good summary, man. man. Um So, how many times have you seen this movie? I know you watched it before cuz you picked this one.
2: Yeah.
0: In a in a fucking hurry. So, is this like your <sighs> second time or third time this watching this It was my second
1: one? watch. It was on my list a couple of years ago. Um probably 2018, I think is when it was. I didn't realize it had been so long.
0: But no, me this neither.
1: movie scared the fucking shit out of me both times I watched it. I thought it would be less scary the second time. It was... uh, It was, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I've got... I forgot. I have a story. I have a story for my relationship with this movie. Hell, yeah. Hit it. This is how bad it scared me and Vanessa. Um, So... (laughs) We were both really scared of the Tony Collette in the, like, archway of the ceiling scene. um, Where she's Mm -hmm. just there for a long time. Scared the shit out of us. And so in that in the middle of the night i sit straight up in my bed and point to the wall the corner of the wall and start screaming um i'm unconscious for this it obviously wakes vanessa up after we watch this she sees me pointing where tony collette would be and screaming at the top of my lungs um she calms me down I start trying to calm her down because I don't know what just happened. I'm like, hey, no need to freak out. We're just sleeping. And
0: we're chilling. <laughs> we're just yeah. buds.
1: Yep. Um, I go, she explains what happened, and the dream I was actually having was that there was a man's ass in a thong flying towards my face, and I was trying to put my hand up to block it. And that's what I sat up screaming no about... <laughs>
0: Uh, Hail, ass man! Uh,
1: (laughs) Really traumatized Vanessa.
0: uh, I can't even imagine. That ties into the sleepwalking in this movie. Um, Boy, does it! Ooh. I I, I had I had seen this movie once before to answer the question you're about to ask. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Read my mind. I didn't see it in theaters or anything. I think it was a 2020 watch. Um, I watched it with my wife. Like I said before, when we were talking about X, she doesn't like this movie. I think the demon possession, Satan, Satanic stuff, cult stuff just doesn't really jive with her. Uh, But I was significantly terrified of it. On the second watch through today, I watched it today for Mm -hmm. the podcast. I remembered so much of this. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, they're foreshadowing like fucking crazy here.
1: Yes. (laughs) There's
0: so much. There's like a lot of clues that, you know, after I had finished watching it the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when they said this. That's what that was about. And then watching it a second time, I was like, oh, there's lots more going on (laughs) that I didn't even realize the first time after that. So
1: oh man even stuff like uh, her saying that like her brother his schizophrenia made him think that his mom was trying to put people inside him and it's like i think she definitely was <laughs> like you know <laughs> like they they throw stuff like that around um greg this is the scariest movie i've seen in my life i've never been more scared of a movie than this movie
0: it's hard for me to call it i i for me, it's absolutely up there, and I would have no trouble with anybody saying that, or making that declaration, so I'll say it? it. it's probably mine, too. What are, um, what are the
1: other ones in the running?
0: The Vivich really freaked me out. Yeah. Um, there's, I don't know, it might be this one, because there's been a lot of movies like The Vivitch, where I was like, I don't... I was held back from watching it for the first time. Hereditary, I was pretty scared of the rewatch.
1: Yeah, like, same.
0: I, same. I I went into it for the first time pretty blind, but like on a rewatch, I was a little hesitant to like watch it again. I think Midsommar would probably be up there too, Ari Aster's other film. Yeah. Just because of like how much of that movie is in the daylight for you to see all of the horror that's that's truly coming your way. But this one has a much more homey and relatable sort of narrative that's just like, it feels a little bit more personable, I guess, where it's just like, I empathize with this a lot more. Like you were saying, like a lot of grief, a lot of trauma getting processed and so much of it is interrupted by um, spiritual doings for lack of a better word yeah, I don't man. know
1: oh, I think that's what makes it stand out as so unique is the like because Vanessa was looking up trivia she said it was actually being written originally as a drama about grief um, mm. and then transformed into a horror movie over drafts um, and interesting you can really see that because it has this dimension of of real human suffering that I've never seen in another horror movie, which is the absolute horrors of grief. Um, and it's so yeah. palpable throughout the whole movie that I'm like, it makes me uncomfortable to watch because it's such a heavy feeling to sit with and it's conveyed so well that i can't not feel it you know like i can't just check out or tell myself it's all a movie they pull me into that powerful emotion of mourning so oh my god so horrifically well
0: i think that's why i would say this is probably the scariest movie i've seen and why i was scared of a rewatch it's funny like how little of that has to do with like the the real horror elements don't kick in until like the last fifteen, twenty minutes. Yeah. And the scene I remembered the most, or like you know, I remembered certain parts, but the one scene that I remembered how it made me feel was after uh Charlie Charlie's body was found by Tony Collette in the car. Mm-hmm. and she is just wailing on the floor, just screaming and crying how she oh. was, she just wants to die. I just want to die. I can't oh. handle this. I just want to be dead. Like, oh. I didn't... I wasn't scared of, like, the levitating body cutting its own head off. I was scared of I was scared of, scared of that, too. Oh. I was scared of that, too, but I wasn't scared of revisiting that. I was scared of revisiting a mother... <laughs> just wailing at that the death of her child dude i i wasn't about that
1: i was i was already a tony collette fan going into this movie and this just like not only was her best performance in my opinion but like solidified my her status as like one of my favorite actors ever like her like her wailing on the ground like that because it's it's such a hard thing to capture um hmm. Like, the, like what a human looks like when they're coming truly unglued is almost always going to look like funny on film you know like because it's like a human in like an over the top emotion and it just doesn't translate to film that well because it's like it's not realistic because we usually haven't seen a person like that so we don't think it's realistic but if mm-hmm. you've ever seen people in those moments it's absolutely over the top and it's not cute or funny or madcap you know like it's Mm -hmm. holy fucking shit and tony collette that narrow line that you have to walk between like getting greedy and going for too much of it but still getting a fuck ton of emotion oh she crushed it in this movie man fantastic performance
0: and it's like it seems like that where she's you know one of the most human characters going through some of the most human things I've ever seen yeah. and then it's like I love the scene with her at like her first meeting with like the the support group for grief yeah and she starts like oh I don't really think I should share well my mom died well it's kind of like this well here's this going on in my family and then she starts going and going and going about how she really feels about her mother and then you cut back to the people listening and there's you look at each individual face and you're getting a different reaction of like wide-eyed it's like someone's looking her just with like wide eyes like "Uh uh-huh okay like it's too heavy for them someone's like intrigued but very concerned another lady's just like looking around like holy shit this is a bit of an overshare yeah it's like what what scene did she secure her Oscar in that she didn't even get nominated for? Right. But <laughs> take your pick, honestly.
1: God, and for the record, that is that scene is very true to group therapy dynamics. Um, it like it, Therapy is misrepresented in movies so often, and that was a scene where I was like, that's exactly what it's like. Like, <laughs> just nailed it, man. This is a great movie.
0: It is a great movie. Um
1: I'm scared remembering it right now, Greg. I'm scared to talk about this movie.
0: What do you what do you think of Tony Collette's character? She's already like an artist that's making like miniature sets for uh a, an exhibit at an art gallery. Yeah. How did you perceive her like Her mom dies and then her daughter dies and she's like creating the scenes of her mother's death and her daughter's death in like miniature form how did you see that from like uh someone from the standpoint of someone dealing with grief and also like metaphor of story and like i feel like there's two ways to really look at it but what did you think of that
1: I mean, from the standpoint of someone dealing with grief, it's just obvious that she can't move on, right? Like, she's seeing these things in her head so much that it's, it's like they're happening in the present, so she needs to bring it into the present. Um, she needs to create some physical notion, like some physical representation of what's playing in her head so often. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear hear the other way to take it. What do you think about it in, like, the story metaphor?
0: I re- well, first of all, very minor thing. I love miniatures. Cool. Like I think it's, I think it's so cool. Like I just get infatuated with people making a smaller version of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Like I follow accounts on TikTok, TikTok that are just like, I'm making a laundromat, and here's the coin machine I made. It's awesome. two inches tall, and I'm <laughs> Super like, this cool. is this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> it's basically so. Legos. I, I already love stuff like that, yeah. but seeing her like process her grief with it, I understood it without being in a place to understand it, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, when she yeah. recreates the car accident where <laughs> Charlie gets her head lopped off by the telephone pole, she reasons with her husband, like, this is just a neutral view of the accident. It's not like, I'm not blaming my son. I'm viewing this completely neutrally and he responds extremely negatively to that. He's like, well, I made dinner come down or don't, I don't give a fuck what you do. Leaves the door open and then leaves.
1: (sighs) The coldness, man.
0: Yeah. (sighs) And there's like a breaking point later on where she is making the, the hall where she held her mother's funeral And she just starts she gets a call from the gallery like hey what's the status on the project and she just crushes it she punches through everything she starts destroying snapping chairs and we cut back we cut back and she's like destroyed all of the um miniature sets that she's created yeah except for the one with the car accident and i don't know the the movie made it feel like it was a i don't know it didn't play it like it was a breakthrough i don't know it's kind of weird how they played that not weird is weird in a good way it's very interesting how they played that i don't i don't think they were trying to say like well she's finally like not processing grief through miniatures she's finally accepted reality yeah but they're also like maybe this isn't so good she's no longer expressing it um what i think
1: it... I, yeah i saw it as an expression of her futility um because that's the way grief feels like it feels like it's never going to get better it feels like you're going to feel that way forever and that like life could never go on and so you just start smashing shit you know so to speak right like internally and externally and then she's still stuck with this reminder. This—it's always waiting for her in her mind. Anytime it's quiet, you know, like that's the way grief <laughs> is. And everything else she can destroy, but she can't stop being reminded of what has happened and how her life is different now because of it.
0: Hmm. It creating it or destroying it didn't really seem to help in the long yeah. run. I unfortunately,
1: just helpless and directionless in that scene. Like, oh.
0: Oh man, this is all very heavy. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. really fucking heavy.
0: I think I really like that you're kind of on my side here, that what really scares us about this movie is the grief, not necessarily like the horror elements in this movie, which are like in their own right, incredibly well done, scary horrifying set pieces I think they're brilliant and like you really see like it carried through Midsummer, of like just this visual idea of like a an icon of a person or just like a totem of a human being and some parts of the human being are made with real human parts yes like that is objectively terrifying <laughs> Ooh.
1: Ooh dude, I'm like I'm like losing my takes and thoughts because I'm getting the heebie jeebies from remembering this movie.
0: <laughs> heebie jeebies is right. That's how you should feel.
1: Ooh. Man, the relationship between Tony Collette and her son, just that whole family relationship that they broke down. Like mm-hmm. what a picture of a broken family. Um what a sad like And you see them in their hour of need and they are just incapable of being there for each other. Every last one yeah. of them. Like, when they all need each other more than ever, they don't have the kind of relationships where they can go to each other for healing. It's so tragic, man. And, and again, that scares me. <laughs> you know, like that mm-hmm. scares me. That and they, can happen.
0: They even say it in the movie during the... <laughs> the most uncomfortable dinner scene ever recorded on film you clearly Um, haven't
1: seen Francis Ha
0: (laughs) I have (laughs) we talked about it already and I pointed out how uncomfortable it was Uh, you haven't seen Breaking Bad so (laughs) yes um, yeah just like that scene in particular just it felt so real her saying like I'm furious. I don't blame you. I want to take away your pain. This should bring us closer together and it's ripping us apart. Yes. I, f- I <laughs> felt her so much during that uh, beautifully delivered monologue. This movie's so well fucking written, man. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Well, and really, it's a very real horror that it captures actively. Um,. What's really scary here, and what I think all the cult stuff is a metaphor for, is simply, like, the horror of having a narcissistic parent. Um, The pain that that causes for generations to come. um, And the image that they have with other people, and just the fear that it leaves you with that you can never escape them. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, for a lot of reasons in my work and personal process, something I powerfully, powerfully have a really good understanding of you know and i see it every day um uh, at work it's it's something that's like an epidemic right now man like the apps there's a reason so many people related to this
0: yeah i i think that really calls to tony collette talking about like she gives an anecdote about like when she was you know she had just had her daughter and her son and her daughter were sharing a room she mentions for the first time that she sleepwalks she's talking to joan and she says i woke up i woke myself up by the sound of me lighting a match and myself and my son and my daughter were covered head to toe in paint thinner and i woke myself up by lighting a match i put it out immediately and we that that sits with us through the rest of the movie where she like she sleepwalks again or has a dream about sleepwalking and then there's another scene later where you know the son peter is woken up he sees charlie in the corner and her head falls off and hands grab her hands grab his head and try to rip his head off according to him yeah from like behind his bed frame the movie cuts to the dad on the couch downstairs not waking up. I, I think this is brilliant fucking editing. Yeah. We cut to dad downstairs and he we see him take one extra sleeping pill so mm. he doesn't wake up, and then we s- cut to him not waking up while the son is waking up screaming. And when we cut back upstairs, mom is in the bedroom. And he's saying. You were grabbing my head. You were trying to pull my head off. You were doing this to me. And she said, no, I heard you screaming and I just came in here. And we don't know who to believe because we didn't, we saw what was happening, but it feels like a dream of his, but it also feels like something that could have happened in her like sleepwalking days or in her, um, what was becoming a, like a possession of of herself. I think she performed the seance at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't know what to believe about what just happened, but we're given enough reasons to doubt everybody's stories. Like, uh, that's where the horror really starts to creep in.
1: Well, like, we also know that, like, schizophrenia runs in their family, um, which that's what I thought they were trying to give us with Hereditary as the title um, when mm-hmm. I first watched it. I, I was sure that, like, someone was, like, going schizophrenic because um, they just had stressful life events activating a genetic condition. Um, but nope, it was, <laughs> it was all a misdirect, you know? Like,
0: So what, what do you think the title Hereditary really is? So explain what you think the title really refers to.
1: I would say it's about the hereditary nature of trauma and maybe mm-hmm. that's just looking at it through too much of a therapeutic lens but um, I think you're seeing the fallout of Tony Collette passing the trauma she was raised with onto her kids and you see that through a stylized lens of uh, of a 70's cult movie what do you think
0: I think it could mean that I also think it could mean like you know grandma dies she's the matriarch of the family and her death tony collette says it in the beginning at the opening scene is grandma's funeral and she says wow there's a lot more people here that i expected and it's all the people in the cult that she didn't even know about yeah she just she doesn't realize it yet yep which side note creep <laughs> I haven't seen the movie Smile yet, but there cannot be a creepier thing in existence than the guy the the guy with the short blonde hair at the beginning of the movie that was smiling at Charlie when she was visiting her grandmother's body at the funeral. Oh, he's I just smiling. He was smiling at her and he's the one later on in the doorway standing naked just smiling at uh Peter. Oh. After Tony Before Tony Collette drops down from the the uh the ceiling. So Christ Fucking I'm, Christ.
1: I'm gonna lay in my bed tonight worried that I'm just gonna hear a out of the darkness. Like that's And oh. you should. <laughs> I, I don't feel okay talking about this movie right now. It's scaring me to remember it.
0: I thought Hereditary was also referring to like this family is tapped in with the occult we're tapped in with the realms of hell with the kings of hell with satan i thought there was like a familial connection to uh the dark world Yeah. and like one of the sculptures in the house by the staircase is it looks like a miniature of the house that they live in it's sitting on like a normal ground and then beneath the ground are like several houses like stacked up beneath it like on top of each other with like trees around them and it just seems like this family is built on top of more and more of something yeah and then it finally culminates into the house that we're living in now and we're not sure what it's been building on um they they show it really quickly somewhere in the middle of the movie so I take that. hereditary could be like a familial connection to Uh, Satan for lack of a better (laughs) understanding but I like I think the thing that I see the most is the hereditary familial trauma dealing with grief mental diseases like um, schizophrenia and things like that being carried through through the generations Yeah, and just manifests in really dark ways Whew. what a cool movie man
1: <laughs> i feel like that's a really good place to wrap it up on what do you think
0: you want to stop don't you
1: it's not no 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 for real like i've i've said what i need to say i think you just like brought hmm. it really full circle man
0: i feel proud of myself for that thank you and man. i'm
1: also too scared to keep talking about this movie like i'm not joking. that's what i
0: thought <laughs> freaking out over here <laughs> all right good deal um you wanna do some gimmicks here, man? man? Yeah, man. My man.
1: Um, my pantsless moment is the one I told you about from my dream. It's when uh it's when her son wakes up in his bed and he's there for a long time and we slowly notice Tony Collette just creeping on the ceiling, just laying there watching. Oh my god, I'm feeling knots in my stomach form right now for how much that scared me. Scared the fucking shit out of me in ways that none of the other pantsless moments did. Um <laughs> followed by her like air crawl out of the room like fuck man no (laughs) thank you uh what's what's yours
0: i wanted to yeah i think mine's going to be charlie's decapitation oh that i i see i saw a couple takes online where people thought it was contrived that you know they had planned to like get her cut her head like i don't buy that it's contrived i think that they carved the symbol onto that light post put a dead deer in the road i think they wanted to kill peter yeah and have him drive into the light post but i think they were just like creating a curse on that light post and yeah. they didn't get the result they wanted or something along those lines i think that segment was cursed by the cult i don't think that's contrived at all i think that just speaks to like the (laughs) the foul play that's going on with the cult like Uh the cult the cult is like so unseen they're just like picking and prodding at different points in the movie yeah they're just they're dropping the the background exactly they're dropping the pamphlets in the doorway they're they're desecrating the grave that's not talked about for another hour and a half where mom's body is found in the attic. Yeah, Like, they're fucking with the family, but that's not the main focus of the horror. They're involved beginning to end. They're at the funeral, like I said in the opening scene, and they're fucking with this family's path from that point on Yeah, in such subtle ways that we don't even see most of it. Joan is the... Like most visible part of the cult's interaction with the family, Ugh! but the decapitation I believe was like really a curse on the scene or uh, on the uh, on the kids that maybe Ooh. went away. They didn't plan.
1: Oh, it went better than they could have ever hoped for for their <laughs> purposes.
0: But they did want their male hose. Um, what's your favorite line for Hereditary?
1: There's only one I can go with, and it's Hail Payman. The way with the gusto that they give it, and then they just like punch you in the dick with that line and make you watch the credits. Like, what a declaration of
0: evil, man! And that music in that scene is perfect. Yes. And I recognized the musical artist. I'm very proud of this. Colin Stetson. He's hey. a saxophone artist. Hey. Um, he does like a i think it's like a bass saxophone i can't remember what it's called it's uh uh something ten- maybe a tenor not a tenor fucking it's a deeper saxophone and he does like hi- immediate highs and lows highs and lows highs and lows and he makes really good music and he performs saxophone in that part where it's like oh the music in that final scene he's all over it That might be the best moment of score for a movie that features very limited score. So much of this is so quiet.
1: Now I'm going to have to go back and watch this horrifying movie again because I was too scared to notice the score. (laughs) So way to go, Greg. Thanks a lot for that.
0: Oh, darn. (laughs) Uh, My favorite line is the note that Annie finds in a book that Mom left behind and the note reads my darling dear beautiful Annie forgive me all the things I could not tell you please don't hate me and try not to despair your losses you will see in the end that they were worth it our sacrifice will pale next to the rewards love Uh, mommy uh, brilliant brilliant bit of foreshadowing
1: oh What's your critic or score, Greg?
0: Yeah, you'd like to know, wouldn't ya? Boy, would I. <laughs> uh, I gave this one a 34 out of 40. I, th- I feel like I'm a little bit... Maybe there's a little bit going on in the way of like symbolism and um, foreshadowing and that kind of thing. Like, I think it's good that there was such a lack of clarity into what the cult was doing but that leaves me feeling a little bit lost sometimes. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure on who exactly is responsible for what. Um, but maybe on another rewatch I'll be a little bit more clear on things. And I gotta say, when Peter is crying in this movie it comes off a little bit vampires kissy in the performance.
1: <laughs> I didn't get that at all, but... <laughs>
0: a little bit on the on the poos.
1: You'll see from my score that I was not critical, so. <laughs> All
0: right, what'd you give uh, this one for a critic or score?
1: For the first time in the history of movies for when, I am giving out two 50s in one episode. Hereditary is a 50 out of 50. Uh, the... One of the most well made horror movies I've ever seen, and easily the scariest horror movie I have ever seen. Um, I think it's unique and special and functionally flawless. I had none of the beef that Greg did. So, um, 50 for me, brother. It's essentially a perfect movie.
0: So we've got two perfect scores from you and then your favorite score for the other movie. So
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. What an episode. <laughs> <This is> a, <laughs> what an episode for Denny Boy.
0: <laughs> in terms of score, this is a powerhouse episode. Yeah. The lowest I gave was a 32. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we very
1: rarely get you with like three above 30 in one episode.
0: It, it was just all this was bangers only.
1: It's spooky season. We got to do it.
0: Thanks, A24. And thank you, audience, for picking another fabulous movie. Greg, what's your
1: pick for uh, the best movie for when A24 wants to scare your pants off?
0: Even though it didn't get the highest rating, I'm going to have to go with Hereditary. I think it scared my pants off the most. And it's the best example of an A24... Like... You say A24 horror, I think people already think of this movie, but if they don't, this is what you would tell people to watch.
1: Yes. Yes. And I will also go with Hereditary for the exact same reasons. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Like, those are my exact thoughts.
0: (laughs) Hell yes. The scariest
1: and the most A24.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I wonder what Ari Aster's up to next
1: i just hope i just hope he's getting lots of money to do whatever he wants
0: i hope he does a rom-com <laughs> uh. I uh. <laughs> no 100 percent. all right denny uh we've done it man a24 scared our pants off and now that we're just here in our boxers and briefs what are we doing next week
1: We're going to have a cool-down week, Gregory. (laughs) We're going to cool down with... uh, Excuse me. We're going to cool down with Movies for When You Want Spooky Not Scary. Am I correct? Is that what we're doing next week? Yes. Yes, Spooky Not Scary is next week. Um, I have chosen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is one of my favorite movies ever made. It's tied for first with Beetlejuice, which we'll be doing very soon. Um, I have no idea if Greg is going to like this movie at all Or be like, why the fuck did you make me watch this, Denny? How do we talk about movies so much And a movie I hate so much is your favorite movie So, we'll see I think it's pretty fun, though And it's set in Denton, Texas
0: I'm keeping an open mind for it I haven't seen Rocky Horror Picture Show And I was kind of waiting for an opportunity to cover it here before I watched it So, my pick for movies for a win. it's spooky but not scary light-hearted halloween movies i'm going to pick the james varney classic that actually scared me quite a bit as a kid earnest scared stupid i'm hyped uh, i think this is gonna be a good time i haven't seen this movie in so fucking long <laughs> i know
1: i've seen it but i've got like no memories of it
0: i've got one specific traumatizing memory of it and oh, we'll talk dear. about it later
1: well we're gonna have a blast <laughs>
0: And then the audience will
1: have to pick
0: the next movie.
1: I've got some poll options I've been journaling away for a while now. I I didn't want to forget these. I've, I've, I've come up with some good poll options.
0: Good, man. Well, if you want to vote on this poll, which, you know, by the time this episode comes out, that poll will be done. If you want to vote on future polls, like Movies for When It's Halloween, part two, you can find us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram, at Movies for When. Find us online. Find us on the internet. And guess what? While you're on the internet, you can go ahead and leave us a rating. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Maybe it's five stars. It's gotta be be. five
1: stars. I gave two five-star ratings. You could give one. That's right. Listen to
0: Denny, folks. And, of course, if you want to know what else we've been watching, what Denny and Vanessa are watching for their movie list, we got a couple shows on patreon.com slash win. For you and joy for you to enjoy Nailed
1: please it. enjoy them
0: take one, please enjoy them three bucks a month, it gets you uh two brand new shows that are coming out alternatingly once a week that's that's so much content man Worth and it's it. all about it's all about movies that we love.
2: Worth and it. hopefully you
0: do too Sometimes we don't love them at all Like It Chapter 2, learn about it on Patreon. Learn
1: about it from <laughs> us of all people Your faithful and the lo-
0: trusty podcast host And for the love of God Don't watch It Chapter 2
1: No, <laughs> it's so fucking long Oh wait, I'm giving away the content For free <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right Alright Denny While you're doing that, why don't you go ahead and give us A catchphrase for free
1: for Greg Work, the Lighthouse Johnston. Ooh. I'm Denny uh, ex Taylor, <laughs> current Taylor, mm. former Taylor. I'm Denny uh,
0: Heretta Taylor.
1: Uh, heredit Taylor. There we go. And this has been Spookies for when we already scared you. Win, but you know what? We didn't scare you. What's my cage again? Oh. <laughs>